Here's a few exciting scenes from tonight's episode of The Tom Gully Show. Imagine this. Imagine a giant skyscraper shaped like a penis. I love providing the arena for people to explore their sexual selves. Somebody came back from a trip here just recently <laughs> and had bruisy breasts. Bruisy breasts. I'm not all right all the time. <laughs> Sleep is for the weak. Anyway. Oh, this does not sound like a brilliant plan. American Thanksgiving Day, because I know you like to scoreboard us with, we already had our Thanksgiving. <laughs> You forgot the nana, nana, nana. Nana, nana, nana. Ours is good and proper and small. Yours is big and overdone. You suck. <laughs> you get crazy with yours. We're sensible people up here in Canada. James Spader. I love that guy. And, you know, he is creepy. They had him on buses out here. And I just, you know, I'd be in my car and I'd look. And I there it was, James Spader's face looking at mine. I'm like, ooh. Oh, God, not me. I, I, I'm around all sorts of beautiful women. And I'm like kryptonite to them because they can't use their hot chickness on me. I once carved a guy's name into my hand. Special Thanksgiving Day lightning round, lightning round, lightning round. Sometimes I have these days, and it's really funny because it seems to be across the board where everybody's just a dick. Let me know because I will beat the F out of a clown. I, I've never met a clown that I've gone, ooh. That, that, I, I mean, I, every clown I've ever seen, I can take his ass. That's Why cool. did David Letterman give you a free ride? Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. It's time, America. Mr. and Mrs. North and South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. So sit back, buckle in, place your tray table in its upright locked position, and get ready for big time radio, friends. It's time for... Sunday, December 15th, 2013, episode 187. I'm Tom Gully, and tonight on The Tom Gully Show. You know our first chat with Canadian dominatrix, cam girl, slave, owner, Jean-Luc Picard fan, and Tom's newest smoking hot gorgeous platonic friend, Lil Miss Sin. It got such a huge response well, we decided to do it again, and this time it is a mega show of over two hours. This show features tons of revelations about my personal life. Uh, it features talk about the island Lil Miss Sin and her owner want to have. features discussion of poop. Uh, and also the fact that one of my friends actually had someone take a crap on him. Uh, it features a Dr. Phil imitation and Lil Miss Sin's trip through the Atlanta airport, as well as my upcoming appearance schedule and so much more. Uh, it's a gigantic mega show. Tom, 
and the Dom as we experience Lil Mish Sin Redu tonight on the Tom Gully Show. Hi, I'm Tom Gully, host of the Tom Gully Show, and I'm here to talk to you about the most amazing phenomenon. Uh, you see, although thousands download each episode of the Tom Gully Show, not that many actually like our show on Facebook. So we'd like to try and do something to get more likes and, uh, hey boss, never fear, I got this one solved, you know? Oh, Vinny, great. Uh, folks, this is Vinny. He does things for the show from time to time, uh, most of which we can't talk about. Uh, Vinny, what's your solution? Okay, what we do is we get a cute little kitty cat, all right? Then, if we don't get enough likes within about five minutes, I twist its little head until it pops. Oh, oh, oh good, good Christ, no. We're not doing something like that. What, what makes you what makes you think something like that would even work? Well, it works when you use a kid instead of a kitty cat. Folks, we'd appreciate it if you'd go and like the Tom Gully Show on Facebook. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! You're listening to The Tom Gully Show. <laughs> Check one, two. People really do that? Yep, people really do do that. Huh. You have to. So have you gotten, how much feedback have you gotten from the last appearance you made on Good. Everybody keeps telling me to do it again. And you know, people on Twitter seem to like it. People on Tumblr seem to like it. Everybody keeps telling me to keep doing it. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've received a lot of very interesting activity on uh, my various... How can I tell? Well, I... Um, you know, uh, you may be psychic, but you're not really good at checking on people on the internet because you'd know the answer to that question but anyway so yeah i've gotten also a lot of interesting new followers uh <laughs> yeah yes i i've been warmly embraced uh by the toronto area uh <laughs> not afraid to show very revealing pictures in their avatar community <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yay! I'm very, very happy about that. That's, uh, you know, of course, I have a past association with Toronto. You've been telling me. It's like, yeah. it's almost like it's your second home. I'll tell you what, when I was living there, and I wasn't really living there. I mean, my apartment was in uh, Detroit, but I would fly to Toronto every morning and come back every evening. And then there were certain times when I just wouldn't leave for like three months. I would go up there thinking I was coming back laughing at that but it's not i mean they would just say buy more clothes do whatever you got to do but we need you up there and i was i was one time i was up there for three solid months and during that time i became really sort of close friends with a at the time a guy named darwin cook who's a, a really well-known uh comic book illustrator and sort of reimaginer of batman superman and some of these comics 
And while I was kind of hanging with him, I was very seriously considering moving to Canada. I liked it so much in Toronto. Toronto's beautiful. All of Toronto. <laughs> I mean, it's very European town. It's, uh, I lived in the Intercontinental Hotel and looked overlooked the soccer field at the University of Toronto. So I was in heaven. Um, and I keep finding out all these little Easter eggs about you, like yeah, this whole soccer thing. I had no idea. Yeah, ditto. Right, right back at you. I also had when I was very young, uh, I had an extremely romantic. You want to find a big Easter? Here's a big one right here. Okay. Um, when I was growing up in this uh, little town in Indiana, I had this huge crush on this girl start, starting in like sixth grade all the way through high school and wow. desperately tried to get her attention and, and failed miserably. And the very first sort of romantic big giant thing we did was we went to Toronto because she was a travel agent and um, I was working in radio and, and she got the whole thing arranged. We stayed, and I think it's still in existence, at a place called Susan Oppenheimer's Bed and Breakfast. It's in this old house. It's, it's a bed and breakfast that we stayed at. It was wonderful. Oh, oh just incredible time. Uh, you know, went to the art gallery of Ontario. We saw an incredible play at the University of Ontario. I, I mean, of, of Toronto. I got to go to Martin, Marshall McLuhan's coach house at the University of Toronto, which I'm a giant Marshall McLuhan fan. Uh, and I still have the books that I bought of his in the uh, bookstore there at the University of Toronto. I mean, I uh, we walked through, is it Queen's Crescent Drive that like splits and goes around a little park? And in that park, there's a whole bunch of tiny little black squirrels that if you walk through there, it's like a friggin' horror movie. They just... They, <laughs> It's, They're everywhere. They yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I have a deep love of Toronto. And also, while I was in Toronto, and we'll get to this later, there were two things I became, well, th four things I became obsessed with. One, five, there was a lot of things. One <laughs> was a show called ENG, which was an early 80s show about um, a newsroom, like in Toronto. And uh, a bunch of real famous Canadian actors and actresses are in it. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, who's the woman? I I'll think of their names in a minute. But, but that was on. And then Due South, yes. which I am a freak for. And we'll get to that in a little while. And then also um, Stan Rogers, who you told me you don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm famous Canadian folk singer. He's, uh, he has the one song, uh, The Northwest Passage, which is a lot of Canadian people know it. One warm line through a land so vast and savage and face a Northwest Passage to see. Yeah, yeah, they play it on CBC a lot for um, <laughs> like when they do a really I'm a bad Canadian, I'm Canadian things. And then um, what was the other thing I got obsessed with when I was there? Um, there was a show on Sunday nights, and I'll think of her name. I could look it up on Wikipedia, but as I mentioned, the bandwidth is <laughs> um, gigantically overweight lady had a variety show. She was a singer. Le oh, Lita, Rita, Rita, Rita McNeil. Rita McNeil. That's George Clooney's aunt, you know. I'm aware of this. I, I became fascinated with Rita McNeil. 
Why? Well, because, and I'm going to tell you specifically why. Okay. I get home one night, a Sunday night. And by the way, when I was in Toronto, I was working for a very large ad, large ad agency. It was on a huge expense account. So it was probably, it was likely that I had been out carousing all to hell. <laughs> no matter when I was in Toronto, right there, man, in the Harmony Lounge at the Intercontinental Hotel or a great place called the Gemstone. Oh, <laughs> wonderful little bar there on, I think, Campbell. Anyway, the... um. Uh, I come home one night and I remember I was feeling pretty popped and I turn the TV on and it's primetime Sunday night and it's CBC, I think, which is a major <laughs> network up there. And I'm like, why is this fire burn victim hosting a show? <laughs> and then she started singing and she was an awesome singer. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I, I remember thinking, only in Canada. <laughs> Only in Canada are they earthy enough and look past all that crap to go, hey, horribly ugly lady, you're talented. Have a show. She was not an attractive woman. You're was. <laughs> She's still not on You know, that she continues her not being attractiveness, I think, to this day. Oh, I thought she had passed. I think she's still making music, so you're in luck. Perfect just for yes. the holiday season. Yes. Yes. Um, what are we going to talk about? Well, let's start with the first topic I have written down here. Mm -hmm. The Village Come Boy. <laughs> um, a lot of things happen in these conversations in Little Miss Sin's room. <laughs> and today, I think the one that jumped out at me first was just the phrase, the village come boy, which, frankly, let's face it, you're not going to hear very often. Uh, and then we, we got onto the, this idea, which I'd like to explore a little bit more, is that you would like an island. <laughs> and you've actually started assigning roles. You've already, already got a Burgermeister Meister Burger permanent mayor, who I understand is probably going to listen to this. And he's probably going to take notes and see where you effed up yes. so that he can. And I'm all in favor of that, by the way, because he's on my side regarding Kirk. I bet she's on my side regarding Basil Rathbone, too. But even if he's not, <laughs> I, I doubt it. But tell me about this island owner is who we're discussing. <laughs> yes, he's not from England or he in England. He is Irish. Um, and by the way. If you really want to get in good with him, tell him that Liam Brady is the greatest footballer of all time. But tell me about the island. What did, what's... Well, I just, I had, look, I had an island. It's not like, I mean, I've thought of it to a degree, but it's like, it's like a to-do list on a post-it. Buy an island, and it's like a hedonistic land. But I was thinking more of like creating a, a resort slash private residence, so where people could stay for long periods of time, but being completely owned by, well, I asked, I asked my owner, I'm like, Hey, you want to buy an Island? So him and I, he's the mayor and perma mayor we've decided, but yeah, having some sort of situation where it would be 24 seven, um, debauchery in the best way with heavy emphasis on BDSM, of course. To which you told me there's already something like that somewhere. So now I have to investigate what that offers. 
there's no BDSM place that I know of of this ilk, but I do know of hedonism. Right. In Jamaica. And there's a couple other places down in Jamaica that are totally about getting your love thing on. Well, I would like it to be very, a bit of both so that, you know, it's like getting your love thing on where it can be, um, you know, couples and whatnot or triads, quads, whatever. Um, but quads? Also, quads. Amputees you're talking about? That's kind of sick. No. Well, you know, hey. <laughs> they need people, love to. That's right. And some people enjoy. Well, that might have been their thing. They might be one of these amputation fetishes and they're like people in that community see them and go, wow, home run. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And there's, I'm sure they're out there. Well, crash. Right. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, but have also a place where it could be, you know, because I'm really big on that whole educational thing. So where you could have uh, events, you know, uh, rope events or fetish events or, you know, and have. You mean like an Olympics? No, not. But, you know, Olympics isn't such a bad idea. Well, yeah, you're always into the classroom part of it. You know, it's like uh, you, you don't want to just spank somebody on the ass until they have an orgasm. You want to know why. <laughs> I want to get right in there. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're talking about the uh, events and the classroom stuff, um, you know, you, you, do you just want it to be a place where any kind of sex can go down and there's a place for just straight vanilla hetero people. And then there's another place for well, swingers that- on the size of the island, right? Um, but I would like to think that there would be a standard that everybody as humans can agree to uh, lines that do not get crossed, you know? But you could keep them separated like the wings on a Starfleet ship when they have a big convention. You know, they keep the carnivores away from the stuff they like to eat and stuff. But, you know, you could call it, if it was very general, you could call it the, the erogenous zone. And that way, sort of anything that fell within the framework of boners and the female equivalent of boners would be cool there. So what you're saying, like, have degrees of so like sexuality. So people that just want to be swingers and and orgy people go to this section of the resort and can rent space yeah. and live in that. Se- and then people that are hardcore. Imagine and- this. Imagine a giant skyscraper shaped like a penis. And like the top floor is the most vanilla people that you can get. They don't even have regular what has been termed in the media cock in the vagina sex. They they just hand jobs, blow jobs, no penetration. That's the top floor. Maybe the, the, the very top floor is people that just want to look at each other or furries or who knows what. But as you go down the giant penis shaped skyscraper, it gets more debaucherous until you get to the dungeon which is where you would be. But I don't even know that you would be in the dungeon. I think you would be one up from the dungeon because even you have that line of, <laughs> I don't think I know. Well, yeah, it's thin, but it's there. <laughs> Can I tell you something funny that a guy told me on the show a couple of weeks ago that I just can't stop laughing at is okay. that he, he was a member of the Howard Stern Show's cast, okay? So imagine, you know, some pretty, yeah. see some pretty crazy stuff. Well, this really gorgeous girl came on and she had to eat maggots on the show for whatever reason. It's the Howard Stern. So just maggot eating occurred. Um, and then 
they were going to pay her mo- people money to kiss him and the maggot eating girl would not kiss him. What? I just think that's so funny. What would you have to do to make a girl that just ate maggots not want to kiss you? <laughs> Be really gross. You know, it's like, and, and the guy was telling it to me, I'm like, don't you think you were the winner there? Well, yeah. What if she'd said, yeah. I mean, so anyway. So the, <laughs> the island, um, you have a mayor on the island. What is your role on the island? And be careful because, you know, the mayor's listening and you're not going to say something that he's like, hey, that's mine. Some bad things are going to happen. I have a weird relationship with your mayor already. I'm, I'm already sort of, things are happening as a result of our conversations and Normally, I would not be on his side, but so far, checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. My mayor is uh, my owner who I must say, I made the mistake of saying he was from the UK. I meant to say in the UK, but I said from the UK on our last interview. And, you know, rightfully so, since he's from Ireland. She asked beat for that preposition, didn't you? Uh, he got a tad angry with me and there was punishments that ensued that, that sometimes they're still ensuing because it, it, it still burns him a little bit. Really? So, yeah. An Irishman I being, know. being called an Englishman and he's upset. Gee, I don't know why. I know. Right. Yeah. And, and it turns out that he was also um, a Kirk fan. Who knew? Who knew? Can't you tell um, he's the one in charge? Yeah, well. You two have a very Kirk and Picard relationship. <laughs> You're the more submissive, ad- adaptable, adaptable to situations type. He's the more I'm in charge. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, it's very Kirk and Picard. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there's been some slight repercussions since the last time we spoke. Yes. But... Uh, all in fun and well it wasn't funny that i had said made that very grievous mistake but aside from that mm. have you ever uh, heard of the scarborough peace games no no i haven't okay the city of indianapolis and scarborough have had this olympics that goes back (laughs) and forth because they're sister cities you know i find that i have i can't believe i don't know this And so for many years as a child and into my adult years, I actually represented Indianapolis in soccer. And so every other year had to go to Scarborough. It's like Toronto just needed you in it all the time is what I'm hearing here. Hey, can I tell you now, first of all, and then we're starting to be buds and everything and there's no real cock in the vagina attraction here. Not that I don't think you're pretty because you are. And today, especially you're wearing a simpler thing. Sometimes when you wear all the get up, I go, oh boy, she's got her hit me with something uniform on. But but you're very attractive. Um, the especially today, not that there's any, but you do look very nice today. And because I'm I'm get, I'm building up some fear. First of all, there's a lot of super attractive girls on MFC that are Canadian. It's like anymore when I see one that's really, really like, yeah, I, I, I'm like that she turns out to be Canadian. Okay, so 
chicks everywhere in Canada. I remember that from my Toronto experience. Now, the next thing I say about the whole me mentioning how you look, somebody came back from a trip here just recently <laughs> and had bruisey breasts. <laughs> bruisey breasts. Does that affect your ability to work at the dungeon when you get bruised up? Yes, it does. I cannot work at the dungeon when I get bruised up. Why so, not? Because nobody wants a bruised toy. They don't want a marked toy. They want to do the markings. Wouldn't so, that be a sign of this here, here's, here's how far I'm willing to go or... Or, oh, obviously she's into the lifestyle or. No, they don't want that. They'd rather just see the experience than actually the markings. I, I it's a, you know, it's like you're getting a broken toy. I and, you understand. Know, they don't like it at all. So I had to take some time off, which was fine. Um, you know, which is to be expected. So, yeah, it's yeah. like when I see a girl with a black eye. I don't just see a girl with a black eye. So I immediately I go, doesn't listen. <laughs> you can tell things you see about a person by their appearance. Yeah. If you pick up on the cues, as would Sherlock Holmes. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh -huh. um, what, was, what did I write? That? I wrote down kids and danger. Oh, I know what it was. You were that guy. Oh, you're not going to believe this, ladies and gentlemen. What? <laughs> It's not like we haven't talked about a guy with a carrot in his ass. No. <laughs> you're, you're not going to believe this. Dude comes into Little Miss Sin, dominatrix extraordinaire's cam room, and starts asking questions about having pregnant sex. Like, all of a sudden, she's Dr. Sanjay Gupta on the Today Show or something. Didn't that freak you out? I mean, it's like, why? Because I'm thinking, not that you wouldn't be a good person to ask that, because you would, because you know about things, and you're articulate, and you like to help people. But it's not exactly the first place I would think of. No. I mean, I'm there to shake my boobies. I'm not there to Plus, discuss. He's asking about but, cock and the vagina sex. So. Not even, though. I mean, pregnancy sex. And then it got into... Well, what about the weight gain? Like, dude, go talk to your doctor. <laughs> Just, you know, or your wife. <laughs> That's a fetish. There's a lot of fetishes I don't. I mean, like, you know, everybody knows I worked at Hustler, so i am been exposed to all the fetishes. You can't surprise me with a fetish at this point. But there are certain ones that are super popular that I'm just not part of the crowd. The Asian thing. <laughs> I'm like, if I meet a pretty Asian girl and she digs me and maybe I could be attracted to her, but just on the basis that she's Asian, I just get this me love you long time Joe kind of a vibe. And I just Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Like like I've just conquered her nation. I feel bad and stuff. And so I don't the Asian thing, plus I like a chesty girl. And although that's starting to change, there's a lot more bustier uh Asians than there at least I'm noticing them. Um, usually, uh, that's one, the, uh, what was the one we just mentioned? The pregnant thing. A lot of dudes are into the pregnant chick. Oh, I'm just like, love it. Love it. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, can I go get you some like lobster and barbecue or something? I mean, I would do lots of things for you. And if you ask me to do that thing, cause you need that thing done, you know, I'm always your guy. 
<laughs> but but I'm not walking around the house going, yeah, big tummy. Give me some of that. Come to Papa. Mm-hmm. Gonna like it. Gonna like it. Any, nah. <laughs> but you know what? There's Okay, there's that. But then there's the extreme where people have stuffing. I was just talking about this the other day. People have stuffing fetishes. So they intentionally gain weight. And the fetishes... Um, marking the progression of their map their how big they get i don't know how to say that in a nice way like just continually getting larger and larger and larger and larger by eating constantly and then showing the progress that's their thing that's their fetish there's a lot of fetishes look so yeah no there's a fetish for everything yeah there's a guy out there with a collection of left nostril nose inhalers with state mottos on them, and he's beating it furiously right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting New Mexico next week. Jesus Christ, it's going to be great. Yeah, there's a lot. There's some, though, that are like, you know, and, and there's this big saying in the kink community, your kink is not my kink. And so it's okay to have as, you know, whatever your fetishes are, you know, is, they're your fetishes. Save they might flavor, not. You know, mine, but they're yours and that's cool. But I mean, I have a hard time swallowing some of them too, like the poo thing. You know, I can't. There's just no way I could play with poo or do anything with poo. Uh, it's amazing how many people call me and want to fantasize. And at first, really? I had a hard time. Oh, yeah. Winnie the Pooh, is that popular? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're talking about scat. I am. It's and I can't. I can do the fantasy now. I know. I know. I'm I'm hardcore now. I can talk a fantasy over the when I met the phone sex thing about scat, a scat fantasy. But actually doing hell no. I just can't do it. I don't grudge anybody that can. I'm not, you know, kudos, but I just and it's a hard for one for me to wrap my head around. I had a chick one time ask me if I was into scat. <laughs> and I went, skeet and scat and schooly up and do that and deep and zap and zoop and zap and do that. That's so catchy. She left. Yeah, she left. Walked right out. I did have a guy that went to Western Michigan University. Tim, if you're listening, uh, forgive me for telling this story. But <laughs> he had a chick tie him up and shit on his chest. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he met this girl, she was Canadian, and he met her at a party, and we started talking about it because he had a theory that if you scared a girl, like like startled her really bad, that, that she would become sexually attracted to you. I'm like, that's a bunch of crap. And, and yeah, and um, he, said, he told me this story. He went to Western Michigan, which is in the same conference as my university, Ball State, and he started telling me the story about a, a party that this girl came up to him and just hit him, like like just socked him in the shoulder kind of hard. And he's like, what's that all about? And he hit her back. And then <laughs> that, that was like her thing. If you hit her back, then she was into you. Well, they went in and started making out in his room and did all this stuff. And she said, let me tie you up. He said, sure. She ties him up like real good, hands above his head onto the headboard. And then she goes, you're not going to like this. And she drops trow, squats over him, shits on his chest, and he's screaming. There's too big of a party outside of his room. Nobody can hear him. And she just, just, and guess what? What? Nobody came to get him for like, 
eventually he passed out because he said he was really drunk too. And oh, gross. Yeah. So like he's there with a steamer on his chest Ew. and this happened like late in the party. So it's like two in the morning, the party's raging. Everybody goes off to their individual areas. And so nobody could come get him to so, like, he said noon the next day he woke up and started screaming. Oh, 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 oh. honey, you're B and D lady. You already know what the worst thing about getting tied up. You can't get loose in your left there is, don't you? <laughs> well, aside from having some crap on your chest. Yeah. It's that if you can't get yourself free and the person that tied you up doesn't let you free, somebody else going to know you got tied up and <laughs> yeah. shit on in this case. Oh, God. Uh-huh. So there's my scat star. I'm never going to get through all these these uh, things. Okay, you asked me about goalkeeping and geometry. Well, yeah, I had no idea it was such Imagine a... that you're standing in front of a soccer goal and you're on the goal line. You're like almost in the goal. And okay. somebody is coming out. Somebody's 10 yards away from you and they have the ball. And how much of the goal do they have to shoot at? pretty much the whole damn thing except for where you're standing right now imagine that you take five giant steps forward you're much closer to that person and your body is now much larger and covers a much huger part of the goal than it did right that's what i mean by angles geometry how far to stand out of your goal, how far away from what they call the near post, the post that the ball is the closest to, to stand, to know that you can still keep it guarded, but then also know that you can get to the other side if they put it. it it's just a lot of chess that you play positionally um, because stopping the shots is stopping the shots. You're either good at that or you're not, or you cover as much space as you do. But then once you get that part figured out, you have to... The farther I can play off of my goal line, the more of the goal I can block. The faster I can get back to the goal line, the farther off of it I can come. So it's, there's all these various uh, variables, but they all have a lot to do with geometry and um, angles and things like that. Well, this is probably why I stunk at soccer, because like, I'm not a math person. I'm not either. Well, I have an innate knowledge of that whole thing, though. It's some it's very Jedi. I can't explain it. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm also really um, I was never an athlete that was really like I could never jump super high. I wasn't super fast or or any of that kind of stuff. But goalkeeping is something that if you're smart and you sort of can think a step of what might happen next and you're very good at giving orders to other people because that's another big thing about a goalkeeper is you direct the people in front of you by yelling at them. Right. That I'm good at. Um, well, I imagine you'd be very good at that, sir. I have figured out why you like 90s music over 80s music. <sighs> really? Um, and it has a lot to do with you and me. Um, oh, here we go. This should be interesting. You're a person that, for pleasure, enjoys torture and pain. So the 90s music, perfect. I'm a person that, for pleasure, enjoys pleasure. 
<laughs> physical, good feeling, yummy love massage. Hey, I like rainbows and butterflies too, eh? Well, no. Now, let's not mistake the fact that I also have my dirty secret black box in the, you know, uh, everybody has one. I don't give a damn who that Billy Graham has a thing that when he thinks about it, he gets wood and it's a thing that he doesn't even like to admit to himself that he thinks about that. He's like, that is bad. I am bad for thinking it. It's wrong, but God, yes. uh, everybody has that. I am sorry. And every person I have ever been in a relationship with my goal, my sole goal is to find it. <laughs> When I when they reveal that to me, then I know we're going somewhere. When I can tap that and they give me that bewildered, astonished deer in the headlights, oh my god, caveman just for saw fire look. I that's my oh that's why I have sex. It's not for me. Believe me, that's why I do it right there. Not for you. Isn't that, I think everybody should be, they should just try to make their other person look like a frog hooked up to a three volt transformer. Just like, oh, I don't even know why I'm, but it I am. It's something to inspire to, I, I agree. Everybody should want to do that. Absolutely. Have you, have you done that to somebody before? Yeah, I think you can get addicted to that look, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> when you give people their firsts experiences in certain well the first one's always really super awesome but then like a fine wine you really have to savor the rest i mean you have to kind of cultivate it as time goes along because the first one they don't even know what happened and so then you got like the next 10 which is then just sort of experiencing the various aspects processing them cataloging them they're on the mind you know it's like oh right before this happens i always start to salivate or whatever um <laughs> I love doing that. You probably do it at work all the time. I um, I think a part of the reason why I, I do the, what I do is to give people that feeling. You're 100% right. I love like the, I, I love providing the arena for people to explore their sexual selves. And so that in itself makes that, and people feel very comfortable with me. So once they un, let go a little bit, you know, and then they really get into everything, then yeah, it's that whole deer in the headlights. And it it's a big part of why I do what I do. In the dungeon, in the phone sex, on the webcam, on the personal Skype stuff. For sure. I, I, you're not you're not doing carrier pigeon? <laughs> not yet. Just about everywhere else. Um and you because I mean you've got your own little picadillos and fetishes and everything. Well documented, as well as your ridiculously small vagina. Um, you get presented with every, you know, the full spectrum of people's oddities or sexual proclivities, call them what you want. And do you find yourself kind of, okay, I'm going to get into this person's getting into it and, and because their thing isn't my thing, what what's the experience like for you from thing that you're not necessarily into to thing you're not necessarily into? Well, like, okay, we were just talking about Brown. Like this guy called me up. <laughs> Brown play. And uh, this guy calls me up and he's all about it. Right. And I'm like, okay, this is my job. And it can't always be, 
you know, rainbows and butterflies. And I do advertise in, in the non-taboo section. So I have to get used to call like this. This is me rationalizing in my head. But what made it possible to actually do that is I, he was so into it. Once I started to give him the green light to go ahead and do this play, um, he got into it and he was so horny and he was so excited and he was just all into it. And I started to get off on it. Definitely not on the poo, but definitely on him and hearing his breath and hearing how excited he was. And so I end up coming with him um, simply I hate the topic, but what was happening was just so hot that I, you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Interesting. I know, eh? I'm a little, I'm, I'm not all right all the time. <laughs> well, it's just nice to know you are open-minded enough that you're able to make yourself, you know, with the involvement of poop. I'm not sure what I'm able to do. <laughs> Excuse me, I'll edit that out. Uh, God, I was almost Dr. Phil there. Well, you know, if you like poo, it takes a special person. And he's not far from Clinton. If you just throw a little gravel in Dr. Phil, you get Clinton. Well, I think you Well, now I feel like if you got poo there, we... I did not have sex with that woman's poo. I, I had to tell a cam girl. I'm still investigating these cam girls as research for a show. I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to have another cam girl on for a full show like you. And I don't think I'll have reoccurring cameras. But I think I do have enough for a show where I just I like five of them on. And I interview them all for five or ten minutes. Because there's a lot of... You're like... And I, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Comparatively normal compared to some of them. And I, and I, and I know you're way the f out there on a lot of things. But seriously, as a person, you're way more normal than some of them. And I had explained to a girl this morning who was actually doing kind of an interesting thing. She was baking cookies. You 10 tokens for a ticket in the raffle to get the cookies. Oh. She was baking them naked, but she was baking cookies. There's a lot of out there believe me there's some chicks out there that are just well i'll get on this I, I have this as one of my last topics but i'll tell you right now these chicks are really friggin flaky man and it's not i mean i understand you're gonna get a certain amount of flakiness but even it's like look uh let me uh when i start talking about you know everybody's got their weird thing mm -hmm. uh some of these girls Oh my goodness. It's just, it, seriously, it's, man, there's a girl that's dressed up as a nun all the time. All the time? Yeah. Well, that's, I guess every girl has their shtick, right? Well, I tried to explain that to this girl this morning, but um, you were threatening someone earlier tonight with uh, a showing of your bush. <laughs> yeah. apparently some guy didn't like it or he was faking like he didn't like it and you never seen that before and uh from a human <laughs> can i tell you you know and i don't take this the wrong way because i respect I'm what you do um okay. i'm not a fan of the uh you know you you started talking about a 
uh, there, you, you went on what I would call a loving Hemingway, not even Hemingway, much better than that. The, the Longfellow-like sonnet-esque description of a vagina with a lot of hair the last time you were on the show. I mean, you were like, there's just something about a, a nice musk. And you went through this, and I actually started to go, oh, <laughs> God. Um, I, I, that's another one that I don't get. That the I'm, hairy vagina? Yeah, it's like, you, you don't need Little Miss Sin. You need a time machine. Go back to when I was in high school. Jesus Christ, you'd need a, you know, a rope kit and some climbing boots. All right. To be fair, I do trim it, the bush, right oh, now because I'm going to do the pustache you're still. You're very reasonable. It's, 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 you, don't, you don't gross me. You don't gross me out. Of course, you're not flashing all the time. But, but the, the description, and when I think, even about looking at a Playboy when I was in, say, t sixth grade, seventh grade, <sighs> Like I said, you could see porn without seeing any porn back then. <laughs> um, what's your top five favorite TV shows ever? Oh, goodness me. Oh, my goodness. Um, and no particular order because I can't do it. So I can just pick five. I think Sopranos was one. Uh, Doctor oh. Who, obviously, you know how much I love that. Um, when I say Star Trek, is that all of them? <laughs> or do I have sure, to? you can cover the. I'll, I'll, I'll let you because who can separate them? They're also good in their own way. And plus, I get uh, two or three more good shows out of you. You'll <laughs> fill them up with Star Treks if I don't say, yeah, go ahead, take the franchise. <laughs> right. So we'll do the uh, Doctor Who and we'll do uh, Star Trek. I love. Um, we're going to do it again with law and order. I, I don't know if that's more of a nostalgia thing more than it is. The actual show is fantastic, but in the beginning it was awesome. Um, what else could I watch endlessly besides Dr. Who and Star Trek? I don't know what my last one would be. Okay, I'll accept that. Um, yeah. So you're psychic. Well, it's not really psychic. Family guy. There you go. Family guy. We, I don't understand the connection. No, uh, that would be my last show, Family Guy. Oh, Family Guy. Okay, got it. It's like psychic, Family Guy. What? It's um, not really psychic. It's more... You're gonna make me sound crazy. It's no, more no, 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 not at all. I people know <laughs> I had a psychic on my show like monthly for years. <laughs> years and years and years. It's more intuitiveness. I you know what? I have a problem with the word psychic because anybody can do the same thing if they hey, people people have all sorts of abilities and and levels of ability and beliefs in that sort of thing. And so some people uh, are call themselves psychic. Some people say, I get an intuition. Some people say, hey, I don't know what I got, but sometimes I can tell things about people. But, 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 but. It, it doesn't matter. I'm not asking to yeah. make fun of you or anything like that. I'm asking because the question that always follows is, tell me some stuff about myself. Come on, let's hear it. <laughs> about myself or people that I know. If, if, you, if indeed you have an impression, because you may okay. not. Okay, I'll tell you for one thing. Well, I can't tell you stuff about yourself. Like, it, it, it's... 
But it's tell me what you can tell me. But I can tell you this. Like, I knew you were upset this week. I knew that you weren't yourself. I mean, I don't need to speak with you over the phone. I can just feel you when you come into my room that you're not right. Um, you know, no different than the old man today. He wasn't right. And well, so, yeah, well, it's you know. It's not he's, that hard to read people in a room, though. I mean, no, I'm, I'm normally no. very talkative and jokey. And so if I'm not, somebody could probably quickly see, oh, Hey, this is no, not normal. Sometimes your joking goes into a darkness and I don't even know if you're aware of it. It's very cynical. So like, even if you were joking, which is really, really feel like you're really not yourself. Um, you're joking around, but it's got a little bit of a tang to it. It's got a darkness to it. That's huh. just, um, See, I think you've got I th a darkness to yourself. That's very evident. I think there's uh wow. I didn't know that. Um, there's, um, there's a, uh, I think people, you know, in chat rooms and online, I think that they add things to the interpretation. And I don't mean intentionally. I just mean, I don't think, I don't ever derive too much from what I read on the internet because you can't tell someone's intent, whether they're very lighthearted or super intense or all those other kinds of things. But what now? So I have a darkness to myself. That's very <laughs> evident. Let's go back to that because wow. <laughs> no, see, this is the stuff that I would rather tell you um, off the air. But and then no, we're here now. And I wonder if you wanted to discuss it. Yeah. I think that you have a darkness to you that there's, there's this, you know, not very nice. You're not very nice to yourself sometimes, Mr. Tom, and it's not healthy at all. That's the vibe. I guess oh, I th I that's that's well, I don't believe that, but that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I thought you meant darkness like strangling kittens in the alleyway no, behind my house no, or I mean like a depression. Like but I'm it's... a Republican or something. I well, oh, <laughs> God, no, I'm kidding. I, I have no I hate I, I have contempt for both of the parties equally. <laughs> it's just I'm kidding, it doesn't matter what I think. Democrats are just nicer about it. Um, the, uh, yeah, anyway. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll get off of that. Cause I've had many, many psychics come over on my program and tell me things all the time. And, uh, first time the darkness has ever come up though. It's normally, I'm a very positive, uh, people like me, um, no, people love you. The darkness. You just said you're not very nice to yourself. I didn't say anybody else. So just said to yourself, well, you're not nice to yourself sometimes. I don't talk about those moments I spend alone. Well, um, I when you refer to being nice to yourself, you're not. Never mind. Um, <laughs> oh, talking you're about self abuse, are you? I am you're so excited that I am actually going to be in Toronto, and I'm just going to make this this big announcement because I've got a Canadian. Were you born in Canada? Of course. Okay. What do you mean? Of course. You told me you lived in Florida for a while. <laughs> no. We had a timeshare. Thingy there for a while. Well, like all good Canadians, we go to Florida in the wintertime. Yes. Um, let's see here. Do South. I will be at the Do South convention in Toronto, August 15th to the 17th, 2014. Somewhere <laughs> nice. It's, I, I don't know where I'll be, but I know that the uh, convention and all the stuff will be at nice places. Um, <laughs> You're uh, so excited. What now? You're so excited. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, look it up. Do South, 
was a show about a Canadian Mountie whose father was also a Mountie and was killed. And he tracks the killers to Chicago and gets paired with a Chicago detective to try and figure out that mystery and then remains there as a liaison. And it's kind of a fish out of a water uh, TV show. Uh, Crash, I believe, was written by Paul Haggis, a Canadian. He also uh, started Due South. He wrote Million Dollar Baby. Um, and he is the creator and executive producer and writer of much of Due South. So it's a very funny show. It's, it's, it's really awesome. 20th anniversary convention of the fans will be in August. So, And apparently it has a huge following. Like I feel like such bad Canadian again because I couldn't get into it. I really, truly couldn't get into it. And I tried many times. First I- Canadian program produced that was primetime in the United States. Wow. Yeah. It was on CBS. And then they reran it on TNT for many years. Um, but uh, yes, big, big, big excited. Oh, by the way, I'll also be at the Texas Frightmare Weekend, which is a huge Southwestern like uh, horror uh, sci-fi convention. And that's in May. Ooh, this year you go i have another some appearances i'm uh i know los angeles i'll be in los angeles i think it's looking like january now and maybe in vegas uh i might land in vegas and then go to la i don't know we're, we're still trying to figure that out but i know i'm going to los angeles in january and uh if i do that then i'll i'll have some really good adventures from there fancy pants not really i didn't just you know take some gallivant trip to uh, an exclusive Alabama location for <laughs> ass beatings. <laughs> More boobies. Well, no, it was all, all come, uh, was the whole body. <laughs> so describe for me, wait, we haven't gotten through the meat of the interview here. Um, hold on. Let's see. Right, Mayor. Brian's not dead. Trust me. He'll be back. Don't say that out loud. That's an opinion. I think he's dead. Here in the United States, we're allowed to give our opinions freely. We're not like up there in the Canadian provinces where if people say certain things. Quebec tries to secede. <laughs> I love Quebec. I don't even want to. Who doesn't? Those are the coolest people. Jeez, those guys are awesome. They're the ones that are really serious about being Canadian and they hate Toronto. The whole country has to bow to Toronto. It's bullshit. I am very fortunate to live in Toronto. I have to admit. Although I'd love to live in Montreal or Vancouver as well. That was what was was so great about working for Canadian Tires. I got to go to all of Canada and, you know, various places throughout. And I do have to say Montreal is just a little too Frenchy French for me. I, I, after a while... It's beautiful. It's great. I'm not saying bad things about it, but but Toronto, awesome. Vancouver, who baby, um, Halifax, you know. Anyway. Well, yeah. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Let's see here. What do I got else here? Let's, uh... Oh, hey, could you describe for me? Because you just went through a thing, and I've done this before too. Uh, just so people know, I have met someone online. And maybe I've seen a picture or two of them or whatever, but I've not really, I don't really know what they look like and they don't really know what I mean. We've never been 
sort of with each other face to face, you know, and all that. And I've done that thing where you, you're, you're going there and, and you've got to land and then you the awkward, now we're seeing each other and all that. Can you describe what that was like for you? Um, it was, well, the, mag, the sheer magnitude of the Atlanta airport kind of took away all that anticipation because it's huge. And so to get out to the car to where he's picking me up, um, it's like a mile, <laughs> you know, so you, you just can't keep your adrenaline going for that long. So you got to hop on the subway and then you got to go past all this art. Whoa, 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 whoa. He didn't meet you right outside of baggage claim or yes, ground. This is to get to baggage. Oh, I, I got you. I got you. I know. Yeah, yeah. that subway. That I remember. Inside. I know. Yeah. I know. Right. So, and then you get off that and then you got to walk through halls and halls and halls of walkway. So by the time I got out there, I'm like, oh, and I, you know, I'll, and while I'm doing this marathon, you're okay, on the phone with him when you're doing the marathon. Trying, and he, no, I get a text message, twiddle thumbs, and I'm like, oh well, you know, this is a freaking huge airport, and <laughs> moving as fast as I can. So he comes out, um, and it's it was like it was more than just I had seen him in person already once before when he was in Toronto. So I, it was more oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never seen you before. I've so seen not, you before. not so bad then. Yeah. It's still awkward though. Like, I mean, you I know, know, but so, but especially it, since you know why you're there and so does he. Yeah. So then the awkwardness fades though, thankfully, or sometimes I guess it wouldn't, I don't know. Luckily for me, anytime that I've had that experience, it's always been fucking fantastic. And it was this time again. So um, Might but, have been pretty fantastic, but I was good about uh, establishing expectations pretty vividly beforehand. And one of them, one, one was sort of weird until because it's like um, this girl kept like before I even got out there, she was all about, are you are you really coming? Are you really going to come here? Are you sure? Are you really going to? It started to piss me off a little bit. I'm like, look, if you ask me one more time if I'm coming out there, I'm not going to because you make it seem like. You don't think I'm gonna? I bought a plane ticket. I got the time. I, I, you know, I'm coming. You have really big breasts. End of discussion. <laughs> I hate how your mic cuts out when you're laughing because it it's it's um, better if you're laughing. Um, <laughs> I'm always laughing. And the, and the pauses, yeah. So at any rate, um, we got there, and the first thing when we land, I was all kind of pent up, and I didn't want to be. Because she was so kind of weird at the beginning. I didn't want to be Mr. Hey, let's go do the thing we're going to do. I went, you know, I'm like, oh, hey, thanks for coming to get me, blah, blah, blah. We start time. She goes, what do you want to do? I said, well, why don't we go get a little bit of bite to eat and kind of talk and get to know each other? And we did that. And it was just like, man, like lead balloon. I'm like, dude. <laughs> oh, no. And so we're going through this dinner. She's picking at her food and whatever. And, we're, and I said, and finally we get the dinner check. And I'm paying for the check. I'm like, is everything okay? And she, she's like, yeah. And now I'm like getting real sort of like, well, what the hell? And so we get to back to her place and I'm a little ticked off and I'm like, well, if I already came out here to do this one thing and that's pretty much, you know, what she's expecting, then we're going to do that one thing right now really well, like until I'm happy and she can just deal with it. And 
that turned <laughs> it turned out that's what was the whole problem. She was like not thinking that I was just gonna like goof around and not want to do that the whole time. Oh, so she oh. was she was pissed off because that's what that's really what she wanted. She was like, "No, I, I just need you, Mister Big Piece of Meat, to get off the plane. <laughs> you know, use me like a plastic doll for a couple of days, and then go back to wherever you're from." And I'm like, "Well, you know, you just would have said that, uh, Miss <laughs> Passive Aggressive." dinner <laughs> jesus christ and oh by the way i'm allowed some fucking food <laughs> this this meat stick's allowed to eat yeah no shit it's like do you want to be pounded properly it's called carbohydrates bitch yeah and protein by the way you should have been feeding me egg whites and <laughs> fanning me with a palm frond and playing the rocky theme but i didn't say any of that because as i said before really Ooh. big breasts Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I went, right I'm sure I said, I'm sure whatever you're saying is correct, dear. Yes, yes, yes. Just give me those boobs. <laughs> I think it's time for a very special. Whoa. I know what it's time for a very special for on your end. Boobs. No, no. Your left hand <laughs> contains a device. Never mind. <laughs> okay. I'll, I can play that game too. Mm hmm. But of course. Of course, I'm using an e-cigarette. Well, you're fancy. We've already established how fancy you are, L.A. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not fancy. You know who's fancy? Mm. This is the phrase, fetch my riding pants, number one. <laughs> yeah, he's fancy, but... Jeez. And here we go again. Hey, you it, know what? You know what's a hilarious movie? I mean, so what? hilarious. I yeah, I'm just sitting here right now. What? <laughs> it's making me laugh. What? Cabin Boy. Never heard of it. Oh my God! You have to see it. If I wasn't like on the list of super creepy people that you would never give your address to, um, I would say, "Give me your address. I will buy you a copy and I will mail it to you." Although I don't know what zone of the world you're in, so I don't know if it would be adaptable on your CD player. But <laughs> um, Cabin Boy stars Chris Elliott, who was a writer on Letterman. He was on Saturday Night Live for a while. Yeah, he's it the, is yeah. so goddamn funny. He, it's just the basic story is he plays a little rich boy that gets accidentally stows away on a, a, a uh, you know, like a frigate with a bunch of really hardened old sea guys. And he's a fancy lad. When he gets there, he's like, I would like to be taken to be. You know, he's a fancy lad. I'm not a, I, I don't, I get, maybe I am a fancy. I'm not a fancy. a fancy. Look, when I go, here's, I've, here's my plan for Los Angeles. This is kind of getting close to my plan for Toronto. Cause if <laughs> I go to Toronto, I really don't want to pay a bunch of money to stay in hotels. I know too many people in Toronto that have couches, but when I go to LA, I will probably only stay there for two, three days. Okay. I probably will take my bag with my camera, my video camera, and my audio equipment, and then yeah. literally a backpack with like toiletries and one change of clothes, and just go there. And I'll probably stay up most of the time when I'm there because I know so many people that do so many around the clock things. And then in the hours when I don't stay up, I'll just go to a coffee shop and just hang. And then off I go again. 
this does not sound like a brilliant plan. I'm just letting you know, I think it's a little flawed. It sound, oh, it sounds like fun to me. Because if I get there, like, say, on Friday at noon, mm-hmm. I will have things to do for, all the way until, like, 6 or 7 in the morning on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then my stuff will start up again at, like, 2 or 3 on Saturday afternoon. And then I'll stay up again in a similar fashion and be on a plane like four in the afternoon on Sunday. And you don't think you need to sleep? Not for that period of time. And I won't want to either because if I'm out there, I'm going to be wanting to be gathering as much stuff as I need to. Plus, I'm used to very small amounts of sleep for uh, long periods of time. Uh, That's not an unusual amount. Um, It's pretty normal, actually. (laughs) Yeah, that's not normal. It's normal for me. Ah. Sleep is for the weak. Anyway. Oh, is that so? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, so any you got any appearances or anything coming up? Are you at a dungeon nearby? Here places. <laughs> you going to parties? Uh, going to parties. Of course I'm going to parties. Let's see. Um, no, I'm going to do a couple of things, although I haven't really decided that I'm going to do them or not, so I can't really talk about them, but I, I, I'm thinking I'm going to be doing some interesting things in the coming month or so in December. Um, I like creative people, as you know, so I've, I've seemed to have met a couple of creative people along the way in the last little while that I think I might do some work with. Um, what kind we'll, what kind of work sculpture? Um, yeah, you know, some knitting. We're going to do a knitting class. No work work. Like, you know, I think that porn is rather boring, like just straight up regular porn and whatnot. So when I find somebody that wants that has this crazy imagination that wants to do something creative, um, whether it be video or, uh, photography or whatever the case may be something along those lines it's always going to be somewhat sexual then I kind of you know want to hook up with that person and see what we can create together and so I think I'm going to be doing a little bit of that in the near future which always makes me quite happy well that's pretty cool yeah I like being able to create naughty naughty things naughty things yeah Uh, you talking video probably and stuff like that Pictures, you know, little erotic pictures or videos. Are or you uh, familiar with the band called Master Slave Relationship? No, I can't say that I am. Um, are you ready for the Thanksgiving Day edition of the Lightning Round, which is very special because I had to write a whole new one, which is a hard one and lazy. Yeah, um, but uh, so this is a special American Thanksgiving Day because I know you like to scoreboard us with. We already had our Thanksgiving. <laughs> you forgot the nana, 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 nana. Ours is good and proper and small. Yours is big and overdone. You suck. <laughs> you get crazy with yours. We're sensible people up here in Canada. Hot and sensible. Man, there's a girl that lives in your neck of the woods that I am so smitten with on the MFC cam, and it's the dumbest thing to be smitten with. In the hey, come on, please. Aww. But geez, I just like go weak in the knees. It's disgusting. <laughs> I gotta see this. Oh man, 
Oh, wow. It happens to me in real life once in a while, but not, I mean, it's, it, it's like once every long while. Uh, years and years and years and years it takes. Um, I'm always smitten. I don't know how that happens, but like I'm, I'm, I'm a smitten kind of person. Oh God, not me. I, I, I'm around all sorts of beautiful women and I'm like kryptonite to them because they can't use their hot chickness on me. And then, <laughs> uh, every now and then I meet one and it's just like I said, weak in the knees, just like, takes a long time though um special thanksgiving day lightning round lightning round lightning round who's the biggest turkey you've ever met oh can i say rob ford because i feel like i should (laughs) i've actually met him but he's a turkey he looks like one (laughs) <laughs> all right when they make the little miss sin story into a major motion picture who will play not you but me <laughs> why do i see you alive like in some sort of futurama head in the water thing look don't try to write the movie just tell me who's gonna play me Oh, who would play you? Zach Efron. <laughs> that is so painful to me. <laughs> I don't know actors these days. Jared Leto. Because he's got a little bit of the crazy. <laughs> this is all this dark and crazy crap. I was hoping for a... What? I don't well, you know, know what... You know, years ago, people used to say... Uh, but now the age difference is too noticeable, and that's uh, Christopher Walken. Because when he was a lot younger and I was a lot younger, we looked a lot more similar. Um, who would it be now that could play me? Would be a uh, who would I want to play me? Gosh, I, I uh... it's a hard one, buddy. Well, no, it's just you got to narrow down how many of the best looking guys you want to pick from. Uh, <laughs> ah, yeah, whatever. Um, I would say the guy to play me though would be a uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, that's who should play me. Yeah, eh? tall, beat up in the face looking guy like that. You know, um, right I'll here. do some research, Brett. Oh no, he's too uh, black hair, beefy, and and. I'll I'll do some research. When he was younger, when he was, who? If Brad Garrett lost weight, no, you know you know who was when and again when we were both younger. When have you seen Sex Lies and Videotape? If you go to that movie and you look at James Spader then when he was skinny, less than zero. Exactly. Then then we're the same on page thing. Um. You know who could play me would be um, the guy from uh, Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston. Yeah, he's not tall enough. I could see Robert Downey Jr. playing you, but he's not tall enough. Uh, I, you know, I'm so good at this for other people. It's really hurting my feelings of myself that I can't do it for me. I'm going to do some research, though. I'll come up with the perfect person. 
Okay. I probably yeah. should let, let Central Casting take care of that. Um, what will I do on Little Miss Sin Island? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier. What would I have you do? I think you would be like head of entertainment. Like you would have to be the the guy to manage all of it. I like that. I think I'd be really good at that. I'd be, you know, we need some cams in the fuck room. Well, sure. Like people can, like in some of the rooms, they can put themselves on cam, like webcamming live and yeah. get paid to be doing what they're doing and have that whole BDSM section um you know, that could be a money maker so it'd be it'd just be set up like mfc you'd keep half of the money as the resort and they'd make half the money yeah we'll give them a little bit more they're on vacation yeah we're gonna have to keep half it's been split down the middle that way nobody's more incentivized than the other person to put a dick in somebody okay all um, right so or not or not because I understand at a proper dungeon, no one's orifice is on anyone else's orifice and near anyone's orifice. Well, only in the proper ones. But no, but these people are paying to be there. So like in their private areas and what, you know, what goes on is different. It's different on the islands because the island isn't subject, subjected to any rules other than the ones that the mayor and I make. <laughs> the only chains, the ones we put upon ourselves. That's right. Best BDSNM scene animation motion picture. Oh, there isn't any best. Is there even a decent one? I think my favorite for the dynamic, the way that I like BDSM, I guess, would be very the stereotypical secretary. Uh, for me, I thought I like the power exchange displayed in that relationship and it's somewhat accurate and um what movie what movie is this secretary with james spader i love that guy and you know he is creepy they had him on buses out here and i just you know i'd be in my car and i'd look and i and there it was james spader's face looking at mine i'm like Ooh. he didn't used to be creepy but he is now he can be. He can be anything. Well, even in less than zero, remember how much of a creep slimeball he was? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, he was. And then there's a movie he was in with Rob Lowe, where Rob Lowe is a slimeball, and then in order to get even with him, he had to become, James Bader had to become a slimeball. I forget the name. It was very creep. A seedy movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, James Spader. But I think that would be the one that I would... <sighs> be say that I would be comfortable with dumbest thing you've ever done over a guy dumbest thing I've ever done over a guy oh my god I don't even know um I once carved a guy's name into my hand wow was, I hope um, he had a short name he did <laughs> thank god of course, you're the kind of girl that if his name was Ted, you would have carved Theodore just for the pain. <laughs> or would you have made someone else do it? <laughs> no, at the time I did it. <laughs> um, oh, wow. But that would probably be the dumbest. Definitely, I think. When I almost died of appendicitis, 
I had a nurse. This is when I was in my early 20s that I just thought was dreamy as hell. And I had this huge wound in my midsection from when they had to take the appendix out. I mean, I was seriously lucky to be alive. And um, so instead of that little one inch incision, I had like a eight inch Oof. thing there. Yeah. And uh, so there was this huge like Velcro girdle thing that they had around my midsection and she would have to come and open it up every day and take dressing out and put new in and it hurt really bad. And uh, I kept hitting on her, kept hitting on her, kept hitting on her. <laughs> Nothing. You really think that was the time? Nothing, nothing. Well, hell, I thought, when am I going to get to see this girl again? And I was also thinking, back at the time, my attitude was more like, hey, um, if if I'm hitting on her from my deathbed here, she's got to know I'm going to like her when I get healthy. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like I, if, I, if I was a doctor, I'd be flattered. I'd be, this guy is just like inches from death. We had to saw his appendix out with a bone saw. He was in surgery for 14 hours. He's just, he's, he's just got quite and a still trying to get laid and yeah, the dude waiver still fully functional. Um, and I, I took with surgical tape that was in the room and a piece of like notebook paper that I had, I wrote, how about dinner sometime and put it at a great pain over my dressing. So that when she opened the girdle, it was it was there. She came in, opened it up, did not bat an eye, ripped it off the top of the dressing and went about her business. And I was just like, you're kidding. That is the dumbest thing I have. And now, oh, the story gets better because like Nurse Ratchet, I got no, no. She had been fun and cool up to then. I got out of the hospital. And I was writing for a big ad agency in Indianapolis at the time. And, and all the agency people had been in there. And, and like even a couple of people from the TV show that I wrote for came in. And, and it was, anyway, long story short of it is she actually called me like a month after I got out of the hospital and wanted to see if I wanted to go do something. What? Yeah. I was like, no, kind of the thrill was gone when you didn't even like laugh. You didn't even smile. Nothing. Didn't even just glitch. ripped all the hair off of my. And that was the other thing is there was an intern surgery. Uh, all the the my mom was a nurse, so when she got there, she immediately went to the nurses' station and went, "Hello, my name's Judy Collie, and I'm a nurse, and we're in the sisterhood of nurses. That's my son, and please take good care of him because he's my boy. And I only have five other children, so if he dies, what am I left with?" Um, so all the nurses. Like, number one, they liked me, but also number two, they knew since I was a nurse's kid, I didn't need to be mollycoddled quite as much as the other patients, you know? It's just hey. like, oh, you nurse's kid. We just... Anyway, the nurses kept telling me, oh, you know, Dr. Shreve, she loves coming. She specially requested to shave him. Oh, yeah, this nurse intern had a thing for me. Yeah. So, and she didn't even acknowledge your note. No, the nurse didn't acknowledge the note. The the nurse intern who wasn't nearly as hot as the nurse, the uh, sorry, the doctor, the uh, surgical intern, doctor chick. She's actually the one that did my exam down in the emergency room. She's probably responsible for saving my life because I went in there complaining of some pain and I'm not, I don't, I know I told you that I don't like to get hit and I don't, but I used to get hit a lot. 
And right. so I have developed kind of a pain doesn't really bother me because I'm not going to, you know, do that. So I can be in a lot of pain and not like complain about it or whatever. And they were pushing on my appendix and it had been ruptured for probably two days and I'm not making enough pain for them. And she's the one that went immediately, I'm taking your a blood sample and testing it right now. And if she hadn't done that, they wouldn't have seen my white cell count and immediately rushed. Yeah. Um, but no, she was the one that apparently, according to the nurses, that was all about the shaving my privates. And yet um, you went for the hotter chick. Well, I didn't find out some of that information until after. Mm. Um, but I would have gone for both the chicks back then. It's, it was just like whichever one says I dig you is fine with me. I, you know, I'm just, I don't care. Yeah. I have lots of charm here and I'm generous with it. So I'm generous with my charm. Yes. If, you'd like me and you would like to make some happen. Let's go. Let's, let's check it out. We'll find out real quick here. And if it's a good thing, we'll keep dating. And if it's not tip of the cap, nice to meet you and see you on down the road. <laughs> the dust off our knees and we'll just go on to the next ball yard. Giddy up. Do I got any more of these questions for you? <laughs> yes, I do. What is your favorite snack when you're pregnant? Oh, sorry. What was your favorite what? snack? Yeah, when there is, you, is to that question. When you were in the days of getting pregnant. Oh, and was that intentional? Did you guys decide I want to have a kid? No, he didn't want them. And neither did I at all. That was like one of the bonuses of being with his father was that neither one of us wanted children. And, you know, that was at a time where people were having children. Did, did, did the child bring an end to the marriage or was this just never meant to be, or was he just not into the B and D and S and M and thing? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, it, yeah, well the child didn't bring the end. I mean, it was on its way out before the child was born. It just it, different courses of life going on. We had never intended to be that way. And just because, you know, you get pregnant doesn't mean you're an insta father or an insta mother, the mother, you know, so it was on its way out anyway. I understand the reason all relationships end is the same reason people blah, 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 to me all the time. And I just go, you know what? It sounds like you, like everyone else that's ever ended a relationship, has differing expectations of what the relationship should be. Right? <laughs> I mean, isn't that always it? I mean, I don't... Or you evolve and you're not going on the same path anymore. That's that happens, right? Well, whatever it happens to be, one person changes, the other person doesn't change. They both change in different ways. But, 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 but it's it's hey, when I we got married, I thought it was going to be like this. Well, we never talked about that. Or when we got married, we talked about it and it was going to be like this. Yeah, well, I changed my mind. Whatever it is, it's always we have differing expectations. Mine usually is when I met you, we four times a day, and now we. One time every two days, we're getting real close to below the quotient I'm willing to find acceptable. Um, so either you were using that as bait, I was doing it better, or I don't know what happened, but... Um, 
Well, I like different relationships. Like I like having different relationships. So that kind of helps. Oh, I like just having one. I'm super, super, super monogamous. I'm, but <laughs> until I find the one, but I won't date more than one girl at a time. And if I find out a girl is dating more than one person, I won't date her. Right. Yeah. They, now, they get weird about that, by the way. I don't know. I date people and the people that I date are dating other people. It's like, well, I mean, that's dating to me. I, I think you date various people and sometimes you, if you're super monogamous, like you, you stop dating and you go off with your. Well, there's a difference between going on dates and dating people. Okay, it's like until you meet a person that you're dating, you're going on dates to meet them, right? right. So and so, but once you get past that, I've gone and seen this person more than three times. Well, then you're kind of dating them. You know what I mean? And so it's like, well, if you're a, a person that has four people that they see every now and then, I'm not saying that makes you a bad person. I'm just saying I don't want to date you because you haven't picked one of them to either start dating or eliminated them from the pile or whatever else. And, <laughs> you haven't eliminated them. And traditionally, my relationships tend to be women that basically come up and say to me or indicate to me very strongly, I dig you a lot. That is one of the characteristics I have noticed in my relationships is that um, I am uh, relatively certain that they, that's, a, that's a criteria for me to date someone. I have to know, I'm not one of these guys that can meet a, a girl and just really be crazy about her and date her and then hope that over time she will learn to love me because of my deep devotion to her and all of the subtle needs of her charm that no other man has ever been able to unlock, you know, all that shit. I'm not that guy. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I have to know for a fact that you dig me or uh, -uh not no. Oh, but what's like, so what is, so what if you, uh, she digs you for all these great reasons and you have an awesome thing, but she digs Joe Blow because of other reasons. Like, well, first of all, I don't care about what reasons that she has for digging me. That's her thing. I mean, she can dig me because I have the hottest fucking left earlobe in the world. I don't care. Whatever it is, I would love it if she would express it to me, and I would love it if it was something other than my left earlobe. But as long as that's there for her, um, and it's been many things over the years, a lot of times it's just this weird notion they have of that I have this talent that I was born with or something. Nah, I was not born with it. You, you, you are, uh, you know, left in a rooms long enough by yourself. You develop it yourself, you know, or, um, or whatever it happens to be. Um, if she digs the other guy's things, then just go be with that guy. You, you have to dig me to the point where you say, I would like to be with him more than the other guys I dig until the point he tells me, no, go dig someone else. And then I'll just take him out of the, I dig him the most pile and say, I, I can't have that one. That's, so you just want her to dig you exclusively then. That's right. Well, that would be the goal. Yes. Now that doesn't mean that she can't think that for me she can't think that Burt Reynolds is hot or that one of my friends has a nice ass or any of those other things. Uh-uh. And to be honest with you, oh, uh, I'm going to have to cut this part out of the interview. What? 
the girl that I have liked the most was very into. So it's not like that, that I have this, Oh, the person that digs me has just got to be think all other men don't exist or some, you know, weird uh, convention of that nature. For me. Okay. Let's talk. Okay. For me, I like the relationship that I have, the exchange and the relationship that I have with my owner. I'll love it. It's awesome. Um, who's from Ireland. Well, and I understand what you're about to tell me. It's just that you have already said that you have a different, uh, uh, level and discretion of, uh, intimacy outside of what you're about to tell me. It's like, I understand that you are getting different things that you love and appreciate from different people. Um, and that's, yeah, and, like I but you, my- you, but you also have a level beyond that, that you've clearly established, which is cock in the vagina sex intimacy that, mm. that it's, goes beyond it's- that. A cock in the vagina intimacy has to be a very specific, which I'm learning very quickly, has to be a very specific relationship for me. But it, it, it and it can be in that ownership relationship that I have, if that's the way it worked out, or it can be found elsewhere. But like, I need the opposite, not just cock and vagina. I need the opposite side. Like, I need to have my pet too, right? I need to be able to be as I'm submissive to my owner and very submissive because he can be very cruel and demanding. Um, I need to, to be the same way towards my pet. And, and I would not be happy in any relationship if I wasn't able to have those outlets. And so nor nor should you be because I can't even, I don't even fuck my pet. Like, you know, right. You know, that's just never going to happen. So it's not even like this, you know, it's not even sex. Well, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about one of which is a behavior that you're, you're doing. And it's, it's, it's the things that you need that appeal to the facets of the, you know, multi-layered things that you need. And I am talking about something completely different, which is a single primary relationship, which I think you would even admit that if you were talking about that, you would have different criteria from what you're doing now. For example, on my side of the coin, I have no problem at all with uh, casual sexual relationships where maybe I've had a relationship with someone in the past and we both know, hey, we may not even like each other that much, but we are willing to get together for one evening every three to six months and have great sex because we need it because we don't have a full-time relationship or anything else. I get that. And I can get that from a variety of people and I can get sexual, intellectual and other kinds of stimulation from a variety of people. But when it comes time to me really wanting that most desirable of situations, which is someone that is constant and that understands you and that, you know, fulfills your desires and you fulfill theirs, that's a different thing. But I disagree. I mean, why do you think that you don't think that you can find somebody who understands you and loves you and cares for you and fulfills all your desires and have other relationships? Uh, no, I don't. I'm, well, no, I, I, I'm saying that the primary person that I choose to do that with and spend my life with and they live with me 
Yeah. Once I find that person, then I don't need the other people to do that. Now they can do that. And that doesn't mean that I don't have people that love me and all those other things. It just means that I have chosen to say, well, no, this is the person that, that gets all of me because I get all of them. And I'm not going to necessarily stray from the boundaries of that relationship. Now, like I told you before, like I told you before, that could mean that the person I'm with has extremely broad boundaries in that regard. But, but I am going to invest in that relationship and sort of uh, monitor and develop the boundaries of it rather than seeking anyone else. I'm that, I mean, I'm that monogamous. I'm, um, well, that's very, very monogamous because I don't see yeah. why you can't have both. Well, it's, uh, kind of it's depends just, on, I, it depends on who the other person is. Don't you find so much pressure trying to be, um, I just, I guess my whole problem with it all is I think it's ludicrous to think that you can get everything from one person. And I think that it's ludicrous to believe that you're supposed to sell, cut some things off in order to just be with one person. Like, I think you're supposed to be able to supposedly eat, have your cake and eat it too, because I don't really consider it to be having your cake and eating it too. I just consider it the way it should be, which is, um, having those meaningful relationships but not having no one person can satisfy everything from you at least not mine and i'm not talking just sexually i'm talking about compatibility i need various people in my life to feed the various people inside me um really smart people really street smart people really urban people like I, See, yes. I, I don't look at it the way that you're looking at it. I'm not saying that your way is wrong. I'm saying I just have a, a totally different viewpoint, which is, first of all, I'm not looking for that person to satisfy all of my needs and all of that. I'm not looking for one person to cover all the squares in the game board. No, 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 no. I'm looking for that one person who said, look, I could probably be with a lot of the people for the rest of my life, but I want to be with you. And yes, I know that you're not going to satisfy all my needs. And I know that there are things about you that aren't perfect, but you satisfy enough of the core things about me and make me so happy on so many levels that I'm going to choose to be with you in a long term. See, because that's the thing. That's and the main thing. some of the things that I want. No, and, no, and no, no, no. I didn't ever say I was going to sacrifice the, uh, some of the things that I want. You said that. And that's my next part of the equation is I don't probably have as many deal breaker things that I want or that I need out of another person as you do. It sounds to me like, because I'm only looking for a few things. I can find the things that I need, uh, from myself very easily. And when I'm, when I say that I, I want a person that I can, uh, spend, spend the majority of my life with and make them happy. That traditionally means with the kinds of women that I'm talking about is that it's based in trust and that constant level of I'm going to be there and you can count on me. Those are sort of the main elements of those are the things I need from that person. Uh, the, the, the various minutia of the criteria past that, I don't have much. I'm like, um, we live together. See this room here? It's mine. Everything that happens in this room, I say. Everything outside of this room, whatever you want, baby. I don't care what it looks like. Pick out some furniture, we'll buy it. Tell me what you need done, we'll do it. 
um, just don't give a shit. Uh, I know you do. So I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty centralized guy. I'm like, Hey, anything that you don't want to do, tell me I've been doing it for myself for a long time. I'm, I'm not sufficient. I need somebody that's super independent. And that when I get home, doesn't go, what happened at work today? Did you talk to Bill? Because I know yesterday you told me, but, 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 but uh-uh. that's yeah. not Tom's girl. No, no. My, no. I'm with somebody really independent that's got her, oh, guess what? Own f***ing life. And that when we are together and we are doing things that involve each other, we're in f***ing heaven because we love each other. But we're not like nose up each other's ass 24 hours a day it's like well yeah well but the, i prefer to have more than one of those style relationships uh, in my so, life exactly get, with I the trust that. with the communication with the love with all of that um different but different dynamics and different degrees of all of that like i couldn't tolerate somebody up in my shit and that's what i'm saying monogamy sometimes feel makes me feel very um confined trapped confined caged up yeah confined yeah. because somebody i feel like i'm the everything you know and i don't want to be the everything go hey, find uh, something else to do go find it da, 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 da. and even if they still have the active life it's i there's not you know like i said i can't handle the idea of not being able to pursue different dynamics and still have that primary, as you call it, but just that relationship of love and trust and always thereness. Yeah. I just I, want uh, more than one. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's your, that's your thing. <laughs> it's not my thing. That's your thing. I know it's my thing. Well, I know, I know it's your thing. I just said that a couple of times. At any rate, well, so do you have any other Thanksgiving stuff to say? Because I, in a second here, I'm going to close the interview down and then tell you non-interview things. You're going to tell me non-interview. Oh, yeah. Heavy mystery time. We need somebody to make noises for us. Well, you know what? And, okay, the next time we do this, and incidentally, you know, this could be a weekly thing, but if it becomes a weekly thing, then we're doing a separate website. It's going to be a separate deal. You're, it's going to be called the house of sin or some other crazy thing. We'll just make it your thing. And it'll be a weekly stick. Um, um, what was I saying? I don't know. The word stick always is a conversation stopper. Stick. It's so fun. Yeah. Stick. Stick. Who, who's the guy that came in your room today and was such a douche? Oh, one you know just people that come in the room and say oh yeah mr hey baby you want some of my nine, nine inch, inch black talk yeah you were what? bristly today at first I, you were all agitated and bristly and stuff and and you <laughs> you got really like school teachery with the one is this the way you come into a room you just walk in and you say hey baby how about my because i do get i do get beaten down with the crap too you know Sometimes I have these days and it's really funny because it seems to be across the board where everybody's just a dick and, you know, they drag you along through various emails about what exactly they want when they Skype your, you know, you, and then you get them and they last like two minutes and you're like, oh my God, I wasted a half an hour discussing it with you. And those are the guys that are getting off on the, 
on the email exchange and then just dumping their whatever. So that's frustrating. And then there's the guys that come in and call you a bitch and a whore and da 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 da. And then there's the guy like today, hey, you want to see my nine and a half inch black cock? No, no, motherfucker. I don't want to see your nine and a half inch black cock, okay? Who raised you to walk into a room and say, hey, I want to see my cock? I mean, really? You know, so. Who walks into a room brandishing their penis? Oh, yeah, whipping it around like it's a fire hose. Brandishing. Brandishing. Good word. Good word. I should have said saunters into a room. Sorry, um, I got to tell you, brandishing gets used a lot on the Tom Gully show. Well, that's a good word. I, we have an episode where a Blue Jay, uh, my friend Kurt's cat, ate a baby, not really a baby. It was an offspring Blue Jay. It was a very large, very early summer, late spring Blue Jay. And <laughs> the Blue Jay parents came and were dive bombing the cat. Oh, and, yeah. And I had to brandish a staff to keep them away from the cat. <laughs> brandish and staff in the was, same sentence. So we, we go on quite at length about brandish. Um, oh. But, uh, well, gosh, thanks for spending Thanksgiving dinner with me here as I reheat a Papa John's pizza. and. <laughs> Yeah, and, and talk about all that light that surrounds you instead of that darkness that I God see. Dang, I I am very, and and like this year, I'm so thankful for so many things, and I am so less hard on myself than I've ever been before. Uh, so I don't know what you're reading there because I'm very oh. positive, and I do this show, which if people knew how little equipment and staff this program has, they would be surprised that one show got done. <laughs> really? Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> He's up on that now. I know there's, there are people that think there is like some sort of staff. There's people that think I have a cameraman. <laughs> If you if you've not watched the drag racing special, see, there's a bunch of shows you haven't watched. You need to sit down with the Tom Gully show because this was a webcast for like the first six months. So I'm on like a news set with my cam and this microphone and a big logo on a foam core logo on the wall behind me and picture slideshows going on while I'm doing the interviews and stuff. And then it went to another thing. I mean, it's. Yeah, but the drag race, if you go to the drag race, there's a bunch of the shows. You I guess you saw the web, you saw the webcast of the airport. There's a podcast of the airport that's much funnier than the webcast. Uh, but the drag race show, oh. that's one where people will go, "Oh, you had a cameraman there. How did you get how did you get him in the uh, porta potty with you?" And I'd be like, "It's a secret." It's like, "No, that's me with holding the camera up pointing it at myself, dumbass." should have said that it was a little person he just stayed on my knees no see i'm trying to give the illusion which is not an illusion at present that i am desperately seeking sex so i try to make it you know i would never create a fiction that indicated i was getting a knobber from some midget which i wouldn't do even anyway 
they creep me out really bad. Are you uh, scared of clowns? I watched in Bruges. <laughs> yes, I don't like clowns. Treat the clowns. A lot of people not, don't. Not a fan. Well, not a fan. It's hilarious because I've associated myself, my family, my kink family are all about the clowns and his name, like their names are evil clown. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> right over with the evil clowns over there. Because, <laughs> you know, I like to torture myself. They're all about the clowns. I uh, and I had a scream queen on my show for Halloween, and I told her, I don't understand that one. Now, I'm afraid of certain cats, but uh, the scream queen, I'm, I'm telling her, it's like the clown thing, I don't understand. And if, you, if I'm ever around you and there's a clown and it's scaring you, let me know because I will beat the F out of a clown. I, I've never met a clown that I've gone, ooh. I, that, I, I mean, I, every clown I've ever seen, I can take his ass. I can't stand clowns. I I cannot stand them. I think they just need to go away. Have you seen go uh, Stephen King's It? Well, this is what starts it all, right? Those types of movies, and then Poltergeist, and the Clown in the Closet, and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Great '80s band. Um, there's also uh, I see that It miniseries, and everybody around me is terrified of the clown Tim Curry who is awesome, by the way. Awesome. And and then I'm just like, G gang, don't worry. If Pennywise comes in here right now, I will f <laughs> him up bad. I'm talking about that motherfucker will leave here crying and shit, and he won't come back ever. And I, by the way, when he looks in the mirror every day, the rest of his fucking life, there'll be something there, a little keepsake from me. You really don't like the clowns, eh? I just don't know why people are scared of them. It was like when I was in college, I played soccer. And believe me, the early 80s were not a time to be a soccer player in America. <laughs> um, and so I'm playing soccer. And the football players at my school, and this always just stunned me. They, they thought they were such badasses, and they were terrible. I mean, <laughs> they never won a game. And they would walk around campus like, hey. And I'd be like, um... Ohio beat you sons of bitches 61 to zero. I wouldn't show my ass. Anyway, they would walk around campus and, and like they would like throw their weight around at these parties and I would get in their face. I'd be like, Hey man, what do you think you can just walk in here and just like hit some guy's girlfriend and people aren't going to get upset because she won't go to bed with you. And they, you, I'd, I'd kick your ass, but you're a soccer player. And I'd be like, okay, look, you, you outweigh me by like 200 pounds. But I guarantee you, I will scratch you or do some shit to you that you will have to explain for like the rest of your life. And, and they never want that would like actually put them off their game a little bit. Hey, man, there's no real need to because uh... I think they, they probably were pretty sure that I was serious. It's like, no, you, you can beat me up. Believe me, I've been beaten up many times. It was not yeah, a... crazy. That's what it is. Yeah, because I'm yeah. like, but I will. And I would tell him I will scratch you. I will bite you. I will do something thing to you yeah crazy that, yeah <laughs> yeah so and then after i got the letterman scholarship i was like too popular on campus to fuck with and like too famous like oh the guy that david letterman just gave a complete full ride i'm gonna like hit him at a party that'd be a good way to get kicked out of Why school did david letterman give you a free ride 
I'm going to pretend that there's not like a big juicy vein of like incredulity and surprise in that last question. No, there's no surprise. Why wouldn't David Letterman open his pocketbook? He established a scholarship at the university I went to, which is the same one he went to, that was based 100% on a creative project and I paid all of your books and tuition and uh, of course I already, yeah, yeah, that's what happened and I got the very first one. Yay, yay, you. So I am a Letterman scholar. Letterman scholar are you? Yep, that's me. That's pretty fancy. You're so fancy. Oh, you don't know the half of it. I'm I'm starting to Easter eggs, buddy. Easter eggs. No, I've. uh, I'm here. Yeah, got about. I think I think I've got about 250 Addies, which are advertising awards for creativity. Oh, I've got a public speaking award from grade. And that's the way you guys say it up there. I know him from grade four. We say fourth grade. You guys say grade four. Hey, I'm just going to scoot across the bridge there to St. Kitts. Scoot. Nobody says scoot. Well, they do that. Hey, I've had scoot said there. And I've also had uh, go down to the bottom of the street there. That, listen, that is the east coast of Canada. That is not the rest of Canada. I had somebody tell me I was on Bloor Street there. At the Intercontinental, and I needed, I was gonna, I was trying to buy some pants or something. And I said, Hey, where, where's the department store? I said, Oh, you're just going on to the bottom of the street there. I'm like, Why wouldn't I just jump, land from the top of to the bottom? You see, uh, I don't know what that means still. The bottom of the street? Yeah. The bottom of the street. What do you mean you don't know what that means? How do you not know what that means? It's the bottom of the street. Okay, I'm in a building and it's dead center of the block. And you <laughs> tell me to go to the bottom of the street. Which way do I go, right or left? <laughs> I thought you were on the street. And he pointed. No. 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 <laughs> Although at the Intercontinental at the time, like I said, I was staying there sometimes for three months without leaving. And on the weekends too, because if I stayed in, in Toronto, I still had my expense account. If I went back to Detroit... Number one, I was in my apartment that I had not been in in two or three months. So there was just <laughs> shit for me to do and or not do. Just sit in the empty, largely unfurnished thing, uh, you know, because I hadn't been there. There's no food. There's no nothing in it. There's just God bless her. Kim Cowie. I love you, Kim Cowie. You are the most wonderful girl. She would drive to my apartment, get all my bills, put them in a FedEx, send them to me in Toronto. And I would mail them back to her and she would put them in the mail for me. I love you, Kim Cowie. Um <laughs> And so uh, I would stay in Toronto because my expense account was so big at the Intercontinental Hotel, which is really nice, that mm-hmm. I would just order room service and watch soccer matches. They had Soccer Saturday on, on TSN, and it was like from 8 in the morning till 6 at night soccer matches, and I would just sit there. And, <laughs> and by the way, in room 2213, I think it's 2213 at the Intercontinental Hotel in Toronto, if anybody ever goes into it, if it's still there, if it's still the same one, because I've, I've heard that they moved to a different location, but if you were to move a ceiling tile in that room, <laughs> in the, the closet, would- inside the closet, near the back left corner, you would be very, very, very happy. <laughs> Pretty sure it's 2213. 
I have it written down, but it's on a box that's in storage. I do have it written down. So anyway. Well, you're going to have to maybe go on a little bit of an adventure when you're here then. Yes. Um, Show. It'll be like when Geraldo went in town. Al Capone's vault. Yeah. We could do it together. Well, you know, I got to see what the itinerary for this thing is. And I've also got to see when I'm going to come in and out of there. I don't have a passport, so I don't know how I'm going to get back into, into Canada, but I'll get one before then for August. I think that would be a good idea. You need um, one. Yeah. Uh, well, before when I was doing it, you only needed your birth certificate and like a social security card. So it was a lot easier. Uh, but because we, we should see if you've got because I know you said something about having some dinner, which fine, whatever. Um, but uh <laughs> Or not. I would like to see. Uh, no, but, but better than that would be uh, Miss Sins Toronto. And we can just <laughs> take the video camera around to a little travelogue of your personal pics of things to see. <laughs> we should do that. And we should still do the Geraldo thing, too. That'll be the end of it. Because <laughs> chances are. We'll get to the vapor social and then we'll eat the deli food and then we're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> so we might as well have an ending <laughs> that way, you know, I don't even know we'll if that's some. the room number. Um, I don't <laughs> even remember. I think that was it though. And I know another guy that has a similar story and I know he will remember his room number. It's just not the same stuff. <laughs> it's in the room that I'm talking about. Yeah, this yeah. is on Volusia. I, I somebody told me there's a new Intercontinental in in Toronto now. That's in a different spot, but uh, well, it's worth the investigation. That would be pretty uh, funny. They because I was staying there for so long and stuff. They, it's hard to describe. I think the rooms at the at the time were like if you just got one night and you weren't on any corporate anything they were 400 a night Canadian. <laughs> and now I just paid for my deposit to the Due South convention and it's it was 75 Canadian which right now is almost identical to US. It's like it was like $72.50. But at the time there was a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um and so I every week they would have this huge and I'm talking enough for five people fruit basket with two bottles of champagne. I'll say thank you for staying at the inner account and the concierges um, were like, Mr. Gully, there is a small rip in your garment. Please allow me to take it. I will have it mended by the time you come back. They were everybody there just kissed my ass 24 7 and i'm like still the same guy i've always been i'm like no you don't have to do that stop now i i can it's okay it's jacket i'll just fix it some other time or get a new one don't didn't understand the luxury hotel concept clearly but you you adapted quite nicely to it to stay there for months on end well you didn't have a choice because you weren't going home and all that and you needed food and other things but i never got hoity-toity i mean i'd go into the harmony lounge there and like go up to the bar where i was spending huge amounts of money on myself and my my uh clients and uh ask if i could have some of the cocktail peanuts are these for everybody can i can i have some of these yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you. Um, I had a running gag with the guy at the Harmony Lounge. They had a dude that would play the piano, the big orchestra piano there. It was really nice, but I would go up to him every night and ask him to play Quando, Quando, Quando. And he would (laughs) never do it. He would never do it. And on my last night in Toronto, I was really sad because I was quitting my job and moving home for reasons I didn't really want to. And uh, I mean, I was really sad. And people were trying to cheer me up. And and somebody apparently came over and told him what the situation was. And I heard the strains of Quando, Quando, Quando break out. And I turned around and he had a big smile on his face. He was uh, from South America. He had one of those little mustaches and those big poofy pompadour in front type dude looking. Sounds awesome. Oh, God. And he always had the tux. And that was when my uh, art director partner at uh, the agency we worked at got uh, pushed to the ground by Tony Danza in that in the Harmony Lounge there. Well, as you know, Toronto is a very popular location to shoot movies and TV shows because of the uh, union rules there regarding production. And, um, oh, I met Jean-Claude Van Damme's helicopter pilot and all sorts of fake celebrities. Michael Moriarty came in one time. Oh. Yeah. Um, But Tony Danza came in, and my my partner, my art director partner, was uh, not aware that he's not particularly fond of the public's attention. (laughs) and uh he went over and started the whole hey man i thought you were great and this and that and he's like get the hell away and and my friend took umbrage because he didn't know he's like hey i'm just coming over here and trying to be a nice guy you don't have to be a dick and then uh tony uh pushed him to the ground and his people got him in between them and stuff and then my friend was like uh just kind of got up and went to the bathroom and then all these Tony Danza guys came in and then I had to follow them in the bathroom. Cause I'm like, what are they going to do now? And as it turned out, they weren't going to do anything except go, please do not sue him. Oh, please. Like a hundred people just saw him shove you to the ground. Are you please? Can you tell us you're not going to sue him? Please, please. He goes, yeah, I won't sue him if he comes up and apologizes. Ooh. And he had to come up and apologize. It was awesome. Wow. I love Canada. okay i've already taken up too much of your time you've got to go thank you so much for being on again i don't know when this will make the actual show because i have to edit it and all that but you know we just kept going on and on and on and on we talk a lot together yes we do you Uh, know i was really looking i got to tell you something i was really looking for you to give me an opening to say well i guess he showed him who's boss but you didn't. I don't understand. Who's the boss? Oh, who's the boss? Yeah. I <laughs> I almost forgot he was on that show. I bet he's trying to. Uh, it was a very successful show, though, for a long time. Right up there with Mr. Belvedere. And, like, Full House. Mr. <sighs> Belvedere rocked. Ah, <sighs> It did. It did. Such a nerd. I think Mr. Belvedere was from the U.K., it started in the UK. It did. Unlike my owner, who is from Ireland. <laughs> That's right. He's Irish. Irish. Very Irish. As Irish as Bushmill, I'm telling you. He is Irish. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think you and he <laughs> ought to watch 
what's the John Wayne movie? Um, the Something Man. The I don't know. Oh come on, the John. No, the Maureen O'Hara movie, uh, John Wayne, Maureen O'Hara. He's a boxer, killed a guy, goes back to his homeland, falls in love with her. Oh. I don't know. You're bugging. Now I got to know. I, now I got to look it up, and it's going to dick with my bandwidth here, but I got to take the risk. <laughs> well, wait. Maureen O'Hara. Oh, this is a beloved, famed John Wayne movie. Uh, I'm... Barry Fitzgerald's in it for Christ's sakes and all to hell and everything else all together again. <laughs> oh man. I need I, did, I so need a new computer. I know. I did watch in Bruges this weekend, which is great. What why I'm not familiar. Oh, you gotta watch it. It's good. Let's see here. Uh John Wayne. John Wayne. Let me tell you, Pilgrim. <laughs> pilgrim. <laughs> well, if you don't put down them rosary beads and pick up a carbine, there won't be nothing left to pray for in the morning. Padre. 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 Compadre. It's always great when, because John Wayne like married nothing but um uh, uh you know uh spanish women like if you look at john I'll, I'll tell you the names of his wives in a minute and you're gonna laugh your ass off i thought john wayne was gay oh no 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 who's the gay guy rock, sure you, hudson. rock hudson's who you're thinking of john wayne right the quiet man <laughs> the Quiet Man, it was called. Yes, 1952. You and, and uh, Mr. X, whatever you're calling him, uh, he, you guys should watch The Quiet Man together. Very, very Irish movie. I <laughs> John Wayne, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Because John Ford directed it, and he's from Irish descent. But no, John Wayne's wives are all named like Juanita Guadalajara and stuff. They have, they have ridiculously Spanish last names. Huh. Yeah, Casa de Fruta or something. I mean, it just, they, they absolutely ludicrous Conchita Garbanzo. I mean, just over the top. You know. Well, I guess he liked the Spanish ladies. Chicarita de rio uh, de janeiro you know just <laughs> just just sickeningly quesadilla los enchilada oh. <laughs> that's his wife's name quesadilla <laughs> enchilada El guacamole <laughs> yeah i mean and you know her name's not chimichanga because that was made up for marketing purposes that's not authentic then you know somebody's lying to you. So <laughs> I I saw which I have always thought was chick fila fila, which is a Chick fil A. I found out. Oh my goodness. 
you were you were at the Atlanta airport, weren't you? Well, I'm driving. Well, I'm not. I'm in the passenger seat, and Mr. Big Dick is driving. And I'm like, oh look, there's a chick of fila, and he's like, <laughs> Are you talking about a Chick Fil A girl? He's like, Well, adorable. Here we call it a Chick Fil A. I'm like, Oh, that makes more sense. But wow. Did you go? Did you go to the Chick Fil A? No. He didn't take you to the Chick Fil A. No, there's too many restaurants that I would want to see and scarf down on. No, we cooked. We stayed home and cooked. I got to <laughs> tell you, Chick-fil-A is so good. Oh, there was so many that you, you have that we don't. Yeah, so like that course. was just one of the many. Yeah, you guys are just Tim steak Hortons. That's about it. Oh, steak. You like steak and shake? Well, I don't know. I haven't been yet. I You've to. never been to steak? No. Uh, Sin, <laughs> do you know. know who you're talking to right now? <laughs> like a steak and shake guru or something? I was the voice of steak and shake for several years oh, on the radio. On. <laughs> Would you like me to email you some of the steak and shake commercials I've done? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And trees and cars and buildings are not being lifted and tossed about like toys with bricks and tires and tree limbs and debris piling up on the nearest street corner where vigilantes are filling pickup trucks with explosives in the hope they can park under the creature and blow it to smithereens. Then we're open. So find your car keys, think good thoughts about a double steak burger and a chocolate milkshake and drive on over. And keep your eyes open. Steak and Shake, famous for steak burgers. Remember, if the earth is still here, we're open. Well, that's awesome. If I've, you yeah. listen to the uh, Cranky Airport um, podcast, not the webcast, not the uh, video, the documentary, the stunning documentary <laughs> achievement that you saw. Um, but if you, if you listen to the podcast, you'll actually hear my sister bring that whole thing up because we, we pass one and I go, mm, steak and shake. She goes, you want some steak and shake? And I went, well, and then she goes, I know, I know. And actually, when I was in high school, I actually worked at a friggin' Steak and Shake. So, I mean, I actually made steak burgers. Wow. Oh, so it's burgers. It's not steak. No, but it's burgers made from steak. They're like pressed out of balls of steak burgers. They're really good. Mm. You would like one. And they have shoestring fries there that are real thin and good. Um, yeah, it's it's well, seriously. every time I've been in New York City, it's just been too busy. And so and then there was none in Oklahoma. And this was the only one that I've seen since. So You'll I just probably drove. never come to Dallas. But if you ever do, I'll, I'll take you to some good eating places. By the way, um, and, and this won't be in the podcast, I don't think, because. You are looking really good lately. Hey, uh, okay, so look, let's just, we, we need to end this and then talk talk for just a second about, because I really think that you need your own, we need to start thinking about, because we don't need to do this for a couple months. You can still hang out on my podcast for a couple months, but we need to start slowly developing to where we can do this every week, but it's your thing where... 
We can talk about what you're doing. We can talk about, but we need to start leveraging this podcast into some things for little miss sin. But who's going to actually listen to it? Honey, your podcast was extremely popular. And if you can get people within your community to start networking it, then when you do your podcast about your stuff, you're already going to have like a voice that's going to go out to the people that are talking about the same things you're into at all times. Okay. If you're talking about this whole lifestyle that you're into and shit, why not have this talk that we're having, but have it be more centric to what you're doing and I'm going to do and, and things that you can do and getting people to book you or to come have you at their dungeon or whatever it is you decide you want to do. Don't let me dictate any of that shit. Not like you would, but that would be what we start to kind of gravitate to. So it, it kind of helps your deal a little bit there. Okay. Well, I take you, but you, you know what you're doing, you know, I, oh, really I know. Do. And I will help you do it. And I'd be happy to host your show be, <laughs> to be the Ed McMahon on your show. Um, but I think there's enough that you're doing that. It, it sort of um, deserves its own deal. Okay. I do. I really, really do. It's not like people won't listen to it. Hmm. Okay. And from your standpoint, it's the same shit as you're doing now. You come in, you sit down, you talk, something goes on on the internet. What do you care? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Hold on. I'm going to turn the recorder off here. Hey there. I love Tom Gully and I love to watch the Tom Gully show. So if you want to check it out, just give it a shout at TomGullyShow.com You're listening to The Tom Gully Show. like to thank our very special friend Lil Miss Sin bruisey breasts and all and we should probably thank the entire city of Toronto especially the staff of the Intercontinental Hotel during the mid 90s folks we'd really appreciate it if you'd share this on your various Facebook pages trying to spread the word means trying to spread our little show here we'd appreciate it if you'd like the Tom Gully show not moi not me but the show on Facebook, too, if the mood strikes you. And, of course, there's always the TomGullyShow.com. Plus, you can subscribe on iTunes for free. And if it's free, it's for me. Follow us on Twitter at AtomicPalooka2 so I can increase my clout and cred ratings. Because if I get enough points, we're all going to go to the aces, baby. That'll do it for tonight. I'm out of here. I got to go talk to some people. I'll talk to you much later. You know, each night, Jay Johnson takes us into the show with the truth ragging and each did I say ragging I meant wagon uh, the truth wagon which which is different than a ragging 
Uh, and then, you know, you can go to jjohnsonmusic.com and look for the truth wagon, not the ragon. Uh, we'll take you also out each night with Catch-22 Blues by the Hitman Blues Band. Best blues album of the year is Blues Enough. Go to hitmanbluesband.com or net. Take your pick. And we will see you next time. Well, the bucket lifts a twig for a dog that's nothing big, but he don't want to. And the dog can't grab a cat or a coon can do all that, but he don't want to. And I dream of you at night while you hold your baby tight, but he don't want you. You can see it in his eyes from the way he tells you lies, but he don't want you.